The agency tasked with airline safety is looking to hire those with severe intellectual disabilities. What could possibly go wrong? Trump takes a commanding lead into tonight's Iowa caucuses. Plus, left-wing elites gather for the World Economic Forum in Davos. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the FAA, Boeing, and Biden's Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, because something very disturbing is going on. Planes are flying around with loose parts. Doors are blowing off of planes while in flight. And Mayor Pete says the FAA is doing an amazing job. But given everything that's been happening, questions are now being asked about whether the push for diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, has moved other goals to the back of the bus. Goals like competency, safety, and excellence. Sudden gaping hole ripped through the side of an Alaska Airlines flight. And at least airlines are already reporting that they found loose parts and bolts in the same door panels. And as more details emerge, it's worth asking two questions. How bad could this have really been? And where the heck is Pete Buttigieg? It's stunning how quickly left-wing corporations and the government rush to embrace policies that are clearly racist and which sacrifice the core objectives of a company or government agency. Meanwhile, Mayor Pete says everything is just fine. So after two scary accidents, the pressure is on the FAA to secure our skies. And it looks like Mayor Pete is backing them up. He said, quote, I have confidence in any aircraft cleared by the FAA. The FAA is doing a great job. Doing a great job? As noted in the Fox News report, the FAA is now warning parents to stop holding babies in their laps because they might get sucked out of the plane. The agency is instead recommending that parents purchase another seat and secure the child in a car seat. And all of this is happening as the FAA pushes diversity over safety. As reported by the New York Post, the FAA is actively recruiting workers who, quote, suffer severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and other mental and physical conditions, end quote, under a diversity and inclusion hiring initiative spelled out on the agency's website. According to the story, the FAA claims that people with severe mental and physical disabilities are the most underrepresented segment of the federal workforce. Well, yes. I would think so. Now, I'm sure there are jobs that any person can do, regardless of whether the person has, quote, severe intellectual disabilities, end quote. Just look at the current president and many members of his cabinet. But when we are talking about airline safety, one would think that you might want to have a bit tougher standards, don't you think? Reminds me of that CIA recruitment video from a couple years ago, where instead of talking about the rigors of being a spy or an analyst, we were given this. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. Unreal. Now that was from two years ago. And if you recall from last week's show, I do believe that we are making progress against DEI. The problem is that the damage has been done. 
and it's going to take an incredible amount of work to clean house. But people are aware and speaking out. Last week, Elon Musk posted, do you want to fly in an airplane where they prioritize DEI hiring over your safety? That is actually happening, end quote. It is happening. Our safety is at stake, and it is much more important than being woke. All right, next let's talk about the Iowa caucuses. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about the Iowa caucuses, which are being held tonight and which will give us our first real results in the race to be the Republican Party's presidential nominee. As reported by the Epic Times, the latest poll by the Des Moines Register, NBC News, and Mediacom, and the last one before caucus night, was released on January 13th, showing Haley pulling further ahead of DeSantis. President Trump commands the field with 48%, Haley clocked in at 20%, and DeSantis registered 16%. Vivek Ramaswamy polled at 8%. That's a huge lead for Trump, and he seems ready for tonight's caucuses and to get this nomination wrapped up. When I think of your state, I think of two things. I think of farmers, and nobody took better care of the farmers than Trump, no president ever. And I think, and I think about politics, very political state, and uh, it's an honor to have kept you there. With your vote in these caucuses, you're going to send a message straight to crooked Joe Biden his radical henchmen, his weaponized DOJ, and his protectors in the fake news media. Look at all of them back there. There's a lot of them. So what's involved in an Iowa caucus? In a state like Texas, we have a primary. Republican voters go to the polls, just like for the general election. You vote and the votes are tallied. But a caucus is different. A caucus is a meeting and other party business will be handled at the meeting as well. There are 728 caucus sites across the state and beginning at 7 p.m., the meetings will be called to order, business will be conducted, and then a presidential preference poll at each location will be held. The results of the poll will be counted right there at each caucus, and the numbers will then be reported to the state party. From those results, a certain number of delegates will be assigned to each candidate. Keep in mind that in the nominations process, it's all about getting delegates, who will then vote at the Republican National Convention. This is where Iowa, being first in the nation, carries more weight than the actual number of delegates it provides. Nationwide, there are 2,429 delegates available, which means that a candidate needs 1,215 delegates to secure the GOP nomination for president. In Iowa, there are 40 delegates available, and those delegates will be proportionally allocated to the candidates based on their results in the caucus polling. Compare that number with March 5th, known as Super Tuesday, where 1,151 delegates are up for grabs. So, how will things go tonight? Will Trump win big? Will DeSantis surprise Haley by coming in second? Let me know what you think in the comments. All right, next let's talk about the World Economic Forum, because the annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland starts today, and the left-wing elite will be enjoying five days of talks, briefings, lectures, and presentations on how to destroy the West and implement a Marxist agenda, which will lead to everyone suffering, except for them. Here is a WEF preview put together by Voice of America. 
Delegates gathering in Davos for the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum are faced with a daunting range of global challenges. Austria. Worsening conflicts, worsening climate change, a weak global economy, fears over artificial intelligence, attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. In its report published Wednesday, the summit organizers said disinformation is the biggest short-term risk. Wait. What? With all the problems facing the world, the biggest short-term issue is disinformation? All right, it's election season. The left can't possibly allow the other side to get its message out. That would just be disastrous. The potential impact on elections worldwide over the next two years is significant, and that could lead to elected governments' legitimacy being put in question. And this, in turn, could, of course, threaten democratic processes, lead to further social polarization, riots, strikes, or even intrastate violence. Yep, we can't have those people get elected. Of course, she means Trump and others who still value freedom, liberty, capitalism, and peace. To give you an example of the WEF mindset, here are some recent comments by Yuval Harari, who is a fixture at the World Economic Forum, having given numerous lectures on, lectures on transhumanism, AI, and other futuristic topics. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. And if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of, like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. The death blow to the global order. Isn't that interesting? Considering under Trump, you had someone who was intent in wiping out ISIS and fostering Middle East peace through the Abraham Accords. Someone who was tough on the Chinese Communist Party, the single biggest threat to the United States that there is. And someone who values borders and the preservation of the American culture. But Trump is the bad guy. Here's more. Now, again, it should be clear that many of these politicians, they present a false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. Yes, those are real choices with real consequences. The globalist mindset seeks open borders to destroy national identity, not just in America, but in all Western nations. These left-wing elites seek to destroy national sovereignty and replace it with one world government led by the UN and the WHO. It's Marxism at its worst. And for the next five days, it'll be on full display in Switzerland. All right, next here are some rapid fire headlines from around the country. First, to show you how strong the transgender movement has infiltrated medicine, a group of pediatricians published an article in the Journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics, and in this article, they call for a, quote, reframing of the discussion of laws banning gender mutilation surgeries on children. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, quote, the writers preface the article by saying they want to refute the idea that gender-affirming care, or GAC, is child maltreatment, and also demonstrate how withholding GAC is harmful to children and amounts to state-sanctioned medical neglect and emotional abuse, end quote. Give me a break. Fortunately, these opinions are not unanimous and some physicians are speaking out, but there is certainly a problem when you have medical professionals advocating for the permanent mutilation and sterilization of children. Next, 
Lawmakers are expressing outrage that a member of the Chinese Communist Party was allowed to purchase approximately 200,000 acres of farmland in Oregon, and the purchase was kept secret for nearly 10 years. According to the New York Post, the purchase only came to light this past week after the state publicly named one of the owner's companies as a beneficial owner of the property. Now, considering that purchase of land by Chinese communist operatives has surged in the past decade, America must do more to stop this activity. Our military bases and food supply are national security interests, and we should never be selling off land near these facilities to government agents who are bent on destroying our country. Finally, if you're a woman and your jokes just seem to fall flat with your guy, new survey provides some insight as to why. Men and women are different, and that translates to a different sense of humor as well. As reported by the Daily Mail, overall, men significantly preferred visual jokes when compared to women. Men rated slapstick cartoons like paint cans falling on well-dressed people in the street more highly than women did. You saw one side and Larry saw the other. Oh, I see. I saw. <laughs> Not like that. Like this. <laughs> oh, 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 look. <laughs> Women, on the other hand, were slightly more keen on domestic jokes, like those focusing on how husbands and wives behave and romantic relationships in general as well as cartoons about political events and politicians in the public eye. Go figure. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.